Hi, I'm Chanel, digital marketing specialist, marketing coach, and owner of Ninky, a strategy and content marketing agency that helps businesses increase their online presence and build their brand community. If you're a marketing manager, CEO, or thriving business owner, this podcast is for you. Ninky Talks offers marketing tips, insights, and advice from industry professionals who know their sh**. If you dig the podcast, subscribe and share it. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We we use Riverside, by the way, for this. Riverside, motherfucker. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I think every time too. But uh, it's really good. <laughs> no, look, we keep it simple here at Ninky. We just uh, do a basic Zoom and that seems to cut the mustard. So so there we go. Um, well, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Ninky Talks. And today I'm talking to Dom, who is the Director of Motion by Design, which is a full-service creative agency that specializes in visual content, animation, and video. Now, Dom... Um, does have a bit of sway in the industry. I think everybody knows who he is. I personally found him quite intimidating when I met him. Um, and I'll explain that story in just a moment of how Dom and I met. Um, so, Dom, welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> I was just holding back my laughter when you said that I've got sway and intimidating because I don't feel like I'm anything of the sort. So, um, well, yeah. <laughs> I should probably give more context. So, Dom is not only the um, the CEO, founder of of motion by design but he's also um part of neon chips which is the name of our team that we created for the 48 hour film festival if you haven't heard about it the clue is in the name you have 48 hours to make a film and uh dom uh, sort of put puts put a shout out on on freelance creatives of adelaide and said hey anyone keen to make a movie he said yeah cool so he rocked up at like sort of five o'clock in the morning on saturday to do the shoot and he had this God, this wrapped car with his branding and all this like super super impressive equipment and I thought oh god this is, we, we've really leveled up here um and he's just a super <laughs> impressive bloke and not only is he a super impressive bloke but he's bloody good at what he does so um Dom I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your agency before I pick your brain about all sorts of things sure I feel like you've covered almost everything to be honest but um yeah <laughs> so I car, st- lots of good equipment fucking good at what I do <laughs> Um, yeah, that's me. Um, so I started Motion by Design about four years ago now, a bit over four years. And um, since then, we've had some pretty rapid growth, I would say, but we're now seven people um, and we do mostly video and animation, but we are somewhat full service. So we we do creative, we do scripting, um, but we specialize in two unique things. Um, and I guess that's our point of difference, which is why we've we've done reasonably well over the years. So animation and motion graphics is something that is quite hard to find. And there's a bit of a shortage out there in Australia, let alone the world. So that's kind of where we've seen some of the biggest growth uh, area. Um, yeah, that's, that's a bit about me. Awesome. So um, one of the things that stood out to me when I sort of heard about your business was that you work with some like big, big brands. You've produced some amazing work for um, some huge clients. And like you say, you have, you know, experienced rapid growth in that animation motion graphics area. What was your strategy for like finding the ideal big super fancy client? Because that takes a long time, right? Like businesses, you're four years, which is pretty young. Um, 
and as you know, when you start a business, you say yes to all sorts of work just to get yourself up and running. And then you get to a point where eventually you can pick and choose who you want to work with or you start working with, you know, bigger clients. So did that just happen organically or did you have a bit of a strategy to work with those big brands? Um, it's an interesting question. I think there's a multitude of things going on there, which helped, uh, having a background in marketing and content is a huge head start. Um, I guess I've all, almost been around for 20 years in the industry and for the first few years, it was entirely based upon my own network. Um, and, and I guess people I know referrals and, and people recommending me. So that was the biggest sort of platform to launch it. And, um, I've always been a bit of a monkey on the box, like someone sitting in a dark room, just doing the work. And I guess my journey has evolved from that to be more around, you know, finding new clients, getting my face and our brand in front of people. And we've done that on a, on a few different levels. So we've obviously concentrated on things like websites, our own content. Um, we've done digital marketing and stuff in the past for ourselves, um, both successfully and very unsuccessfully. Um, there's a much longer story there, but basically I guess around a year and a half ago, um, we were sitting at around, I think four or five employees. And I decided that we would expand the company beyond my immediate network. And that's definitely been the biggest challenge. So for us, that involved uh, digital marketing, both on a nationwide level, but also an international level. Uh, it included SEO. Um, it included all sorts of things like making sure that we optimize our page speed um, and try to come up first when someone searches for animation or video production. Um, there are a few, I guess, methods that I would recommend agencies to employ. And, and one of the the best methods is just reaching out to people, you know, becoming part of networks, introducing yourself to other agencies. And, and for an agency just starting out, particularly someone like us where we have our niche. So we, we do have access to, I, I, I mean, we have some massive clients now. We have some international, some national clients um, and a lot of clients that most people would know and love around Australia. And I could probably safely say that everyone in Australia has seen something that we've created, um, which I feel like is a huge achievement, but it's also something that's quite hard to just stop and think about most of the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that um, expanding past your network, it really just involves you sending out emails, meeting people, having chats um, and just breaking through that comfort zone as much as possible. And, and every day it's just, you know, breaking through that comfort zone just a little bit more. Yeah, that that's all super valuable. And I love the fact that you mentioned that from a marketing perspective, you invest time and money across multiple platforms because I think that businesses still make the mistake of putting all of their eggs in one basket and not spreading their marketing budget across all the things because to have a, a, a proper presence online, you do need to invest in all the things to get you there. Um. So I'm, I wanted... I'm much I'm much of a creative marketer where I enjoy the creative, but I don't enjoy the measurement. So we're not necessarily a digital marketing company where we measure every click or we see what's working. But in general, you know, your gut feeling is a really good result. Uh, well, really good measurement of how things work. But for us, you know, to, just to give you an idea, we we did invest about eighty thousand dollars into online marketing last year, and. For a brand, it was, you know, accessing clear waters and, and 
going into markets that don't know who you are, it was, mm. it was a, a huge waste of money. And the biggest thing for us, we realized was it's not great for our clients to be spending that much money in acquisition because it's just, it just makes our product more expensive. So mm. I think finding, finding some sort of middle ground where you can achieve, you know, your life goals, you can enjoy what you're doing without charging too much and provide a value proposition. That was, that was super important for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And what would you say has been like your power platform in building your brand and your business? Like is LinkedIn a big one for you? Where have you seen the most success? Um, the most success that I've or that we've had has been off the back of our own content. So, you know, in those moments that you're quiet and, you know, you're sort of wondering where the next client's coming from, you know, concentrate in your own content on your own skill sets and produce something unique. So when we produce, for instance, our own corporate videos, and we've done that a couple of times now, and, you know, people reach out of the woodwork and be like, oh, I want one of them, or, you know, I love that. Can we do that for our brand as well? Um, so that, that happens almost every time we make our own content. And one of the things that I decided late last year when all this digital marketing wasn't working was to spend that money on staff and and employees and, and, you know, upskill, produce more content internally and just get more stuff out there really. And organically, it's not a great proposition. You know, you, you're looking at your Facebook, you know, realistically, no one sees anything you post on Facebook. Um, Instagram doesn't have our demographics. So, you know, the big decision, decision makers of the world aren't on Instagram. Um, mm. But for, but for instance, Instagram has been a great platform for us to find staff and, and build a community that really love what we do and we love what they do. So that's important. And there is no platform that I'd suggest this is the be all end all, but, you know, content in general has been fantastic. And I think even doing things like drip feeding Google ads, like don't, don't put a lot of money into it, but you know, if you can drip feed and get good cost, cost effective cost per leads, like that's, that's, I guess that's the goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the perfect situation for you to just do what you love and create a piece of content that someone sees and says, I want that. I mean, that's that's brilliant. And I was in the woodwork, Dom, because I, I contacted you a few days ago after I saw your um your awesome video introducing your employees. And I was like, Yep, I need I need one of those. So um your work is fantastic and it speaks for itself and it's a great way to attract attract clients. So let's talk a little bit about the work that you actually do. So you mentioned you specialize in the sort of niche, uh, unique spaces of animation and motion graphics. And for our listeners, I had the pleasure of writing an ebook for Dom and it was one of the more enjoyable ebooks that I've ever had to uh, write because sometimes I can be a bit dry. Um, but this one was fabulous because it, it, it allowed me to actually learn about um you know, the, the process of animation and, and motion graphics and the benefits that it has to distilling and <clears throat> clarifying and really amplifying your marketing message. So um, talk to me a little bit about, um, firstly, I'd like to know about the process. So, um, you know, how do you know if, if a business comes to you and they think they need animation or they come to you and they don't know if they need animation or they've got a project and they're just looking for guidance, how do you how do you know if animation and motion graphics is is right for them and what process do you take them through to to get them from a to b and just sort of talk talk to me about the experience so let's say i've got you know a product or a service and i'm not really sure how to promote it um what process would you take me through 
Um, it comes down to what the client's outcomes really are. So what they desire out of this piece of content. Um, there are many times where a client will come to us and they say, we want a video, we want an animation. And we're like, fantastic. What are you going to do with it? And um, it doesn't always come down to how many views they get, um, but it does come down to return on investment for most people. So there, there are some exceptions to that rule. So, you know, we work with a lot of government where they don't care about the, uh, I guess, someone making a purchase, right? They just care about views. They care about making something that's shareable and, and more people will see. And at that point, they're probably talking about, you know, CPM, but in most part, if you're a you know a private company, you're selling a product or you've got something to to shout out to everyone, it comes down to how many people are going to see it or who is going to see it. So, you know, if your average sale price is, you know, half a million dollars, if if one person sees that video and it costs you, let's say five thousand dollars, it's probably worthwhile. Um, so some of the questions we ask is, you know, how are you going to use this? Where are you going to use this? Um, if they don't have a website, for instance, you know, it's it's quite hard to be like, okay, cool. You don't have a logo. You don't have a website. You want a video, but, you know, what's going to happen with it? Like, where are you going to put it? So some of those questions around outcomes and what's the best outcome for them is right at the top of the, I guess, the the conversation chain. And we want to make sure that whatever we make for that person, it's going to provide outcomes um, and the outcomes they desire. So, you know, that can also lead into format. So you've got your vertical videos, your horizontal, your square based upon social media adverts or your TikToks of the world or your Instagrams, like all of that makes a difference. Um, but once we establish that, it comes down to the communication strategy. So things like we go through the whole journey of scripting and then we do either video or animation and then we have storyboarding and we have um i guess revision processes along the way and some of those processes have certainly been adapted um over the last four years in business so you know when we started out our processes were probably pretty rough and ready and we've really honed down some of those processes not only to streamline it for us but to also streamline it for the the companies we work with so some of the the bigger companies we work with we might have 20 people on the other end of an email chain who are all reviewing the creative, the scripting, the illustration that we do. So it's really important to have a process where we know, cool, we've locked off a script. Everyone's happy with this. Uh, we now move on to style frames and then we explore what it could look like. And, and we have certain you know rounds of revisions at each time. So they know they need to go back and collate feedback rather than have those 20 people all provide feedback individually for us and, and just make an, a clusterfuck of an idea basically so mm. having having processes are important and um you know we're at the moment we're really concentrating on on onboarding and making sure that some of those processes and key milestones are uh laid out clearly because the last thing you want as a content creator is the client not to have a vested interest in what you're doing so if if the client is disconnected from the process then almost always you'll end up with a shit result. Yeah, 100%. And there are so many moving parts to content specifically that you do need to make sure you've got a really tight process and that there's transparency in that. Um, I interviewed Josh White uh, a week ago and we were talking about process because I'm a complete process freak. Um, and it freaks me out when there isn't a clear process for things. And I think that process helps reduce stress. It reduces error and it makes for a smoother project. So, um, you know, having that process down pat is, is important. Um, 
So I rem- and I feel like I'm just pulling straight from the ebook here, but I remember one of the questions I had was like, why would somebody choose motion graphics over, um, God, I've forgotten the word, like real life. Uh, a video yeah yeah like real life video so how would you go all right well you've come to me for motion graphics but i actually think you need real life video or they've come to you thinking that they need real life video and you're like "Mm, actually motion graphics would be better yeah that's a that's a good question and sometimes it's price point sometimes it is the product that we're trying to portray or the message we're trying to say so we find that for larger mass audience messaging animation is fantastic um, because, you know, you can be very vague with the illustrations to show a greater diversity, um, to show greater diversity in rage, in, in, sorry, in age and gender and in, you know, nationality and, and animation is really good for that. Um, and then motion graphics, you know, which might include some video, some animations some text on screen, is, is in our minds, it's always going to produce the best result for things like social media and stuff. So you've got things like accessibility where, you know, 70% of your Facebook audience probably are watching without audio. So having text on screen, clear messaging and and trying to tell a story as quickly as possible is is very important. So, you know, if, if I'm just seeing someone, I guess an example would be if I'm just watching someone talking to camera and that's a Facebook advert. There's no subtitles for three seconds uh, for the first three seconds. I'm probably going to scroll past it. Whereas if I'm seeing text pop up on screen, I'm seeing things like logos and and some messaging and some cool animation that might draw the eye and move the eye to uh, a distinct message. That's probably going to help, but it's also going to help, I guess, portray that message in a quicker uh, way. So, you know, in the world of social media right now, the, the the sooner you can get the message out there, the quicker you can get the message and the, and the clearer the message, the, the better the outcome. A hundred percent. And if for the listeners who haven't seen Dom's work, um, do yourself a favor and check it out because what, what he's describing um, is, is very accurate. So um, his ability to take, uh, to, to storytell in a short space of time is, is phenomenal. And it's so important for brands to figure out a way that they can share their message or share their story in a very creative and efficient way, because people's attention spans are only getting shorter and shorter, um, or people's ability to have skin in their game with advertising is getting more and more that it's becoming harder to have that cut through. So I think that, animation and motion graphics are a great way to stand out to look different to bring your creative to life tell your story in a succinct and engaging way um and you know once again referring back to the ebook but there was so much i didn't know about motion graphics and by the end of of producing what i produced after interviewing to, uh, dom i was like shit you know this this seems like a, a, a bloody great idea so um <laughs> I'm a strong believer. I'm a strong believer that motion designers will run the world one day. So with all the screens popping up out there, whether it's an outdoor display, whether it's a Google glass type product, you know, there's so many screens out there that need content and people who can make stuff move is, is they're going to, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have jobs for years to come. Um, There's always going to be need for someone who can animate and create movement with, you know, text or imagery just to just to raise awareness or create attention or, or sell some product. Absolutely. Um, and in turn, like I just want to circle back to you were talking about measurement. So 
um, generally for your clients, I know you spoke about governments, is it completion rate? So measuring the effectiveness of the work that you produce, is it is it mostly completion rates um, that people are looking at or is it a combination of, you know, reach, impressions, engagement? What would you say is the most valuable metric that, you know, your clients are interested in when it comes to the content and videos you produce? It, it really differs client to client. It really does. So, um, you know, we're working with a, a larger international at the moment around some explainer videos to educate around some funding opportunities within the United Nations group. So they're looking, for instance, for outcomes for individuals to be donating money, whereas a healthcare uh, group or, you know, SA Health or Victoria Health are probably looking for things like views, but also engagement and, you know, how how people understand it. So realistically, some of these organizations they're they're taking such a big leap with animation that it's going to be great no matter what so an example of that would be we recently turned a contract like a legal contract uh, which was 25 pages into you know a five minute animation and the difference for that for the person reading and viewing the the contract was amazing because all of a sudden you don't have 25 pages to read and understand. And mm. for in, in this example, they're actually targeting individuals who don't speak English as a first language. So can you imagine, you know, you're not, you don't speak English, you don't read English and you've had a contract put in front of you and you have no idea what you're signing. So you know, to create such a difference in that, in that realm is huge because with animation, you've got visuals that explain the story and then you've got the ability to provide subtitling in different language. And you can really simplify that language to, you know, appeal to a greater group of people that, you know, are just trans transcends language and, and, and visuals. So accessibility is probably, you know, a huge thing, um, especially in the government sectors, but, I think that the leap from, you know, whether it's a still image to an animation or or a talking head to some animation that really clearly explains stuff is such a great leap that it's an instant win. And then things like views and shares and and all that, all this all that other stuff is is kind of secondary to that. But just I mean, it'll it'll become more important moving forward, don't get me wrong. But for now, um it's just a game change, to be honest. So mm, yeah. Mm. Now I'm going to, I'm going to raise a, a sore point. Um, well, I feel it's a sore point. Um, so I think that anybody who's ever spent time online at some point in their life has come across a really bad animation that was most, <laughs> that was most likely made on fire. <laughs> so um, I see these all the time um, for a period of time. We, uh, most of our clients were actually based in the States so when the business started, most of our clients were there and then we moved away from, from that and now most of our clients are in Australia. But um, God, the Americans love a bit <laughs> bad animation. Um, <laughs> so basically my, my question for you um, is, is how much can investing in a really bad animation from somebody on a third-party platform hurt a brand? Uh, um <clears throat> I think there's always going to be room in the market for stuff like that, but I think it is a, it's a much larger question around uh, your brand and brand values. So if you're producing content that looks the same and feels the same as everyone else, there's nothing unique about it, then 
you know, why would I purchase through your brand? Why would I spend, you know, over, let's say even over a hundred bucks with your brand if there's nothing unique about it. So I think going out there and creating an animation, you know, in one of these online tools or, or producing something that isn't unique to you is, I don't think in the short term damaging to your brand if you're starting out. So, you know, if you're, if you're a new brand, you're getting out there, you just need some content and maybe you're really shit at explaining what your product is and how it works. Like something cheap and cheerful might get you through and there's always going to be room for that. But to to help you stand out from your competitors, you really need to be creating something unique and a unique, unique experience, like things mm. all, everything that you create needs to look and feel the same. So every time I see a piece of content from Ninky or, or, a client's brand, like everything I'll be like, yep, that's them within the first two seconds, because, you know, the color palette's the same, the face is the same, or the mm. animation and, and the logo is the same. Whereas if you're buying something off the shelf, like it's, it's quite difficult. Like imagine going out and buying, you know, I guess a shampoo and everywhere in the world stocks that shampoo and you're, you're trying to share, you're trying to, you're trying to sell that shampoo. It's going to be quite difficult. Right. Mm. And, um, I think there's, it's definitely something to get you through, but at some point, you know, when your brand starts to get a, I guess if you're looking for that more premium feel, but also you're trying to convince customers to invest larger amounts of money, you really need to create a unique experience. And and that does stem up from things like the logo and, you know, why stop there? Like you've got the logo, but you've also got the the animation that brings it all to life and and makes, I guess, moves your logo right but it also moves your brand so everything needs mm. to look and feel like a uniform product um so that's that's not really a simple answer to your question but there's always room for the cheap stuff and you know if that's what you've got the budget for you know potentially go nuts give it a go it might be shit it might not work um but at the same time you might it might be a really good sort of stopover to get you through until the the next in the next sort of uh, capital raise or or, you know, I guess, investment in your own content. Yeah, absolutely. And we all have to start somewhere. Um, you know, when I started out, I most certainly wouldn't have been able to go straight to someone like you. Um, so, so yeah, I think that it's a really good, a really good point. And then also picking and choosing, you know, what things you can probably get away with doing on a, a shoestring budget or doing yourself versus what you should really get a professional to do. Like, um, you know, I, I always say, for example, for the love of God, don't try and do your own paid ads campaign because there's a good chance you're going to fuck it up um, and then it's <laughs> going to waste your money. Whereas to be fair, and it's something that we do is like you can probably get away with doing your own Facebook posts or your own Instagram posts. I mean, that's a service that we provide, but uh, and we provide it to time poor businesses um, or people who aren't good at coming up with ideas and writing and stuff. But you can probably get away with doing it if you're good at writing. So just l- looking at what things you should touch and you definitely shouldn't touch. Um, and on the so note of, for, mm. for small, for small businesses, one of the biggest things we've found is similar to the, the kind of stuff that you're promoting is, is getting someone's face in front of camera and just producing content is a good place to start, especially if you're, you know, a one person operation or a smaller team, like filming people and, you know, portraying messages and just, just making it cheap and cheerful, but also the regular content updates are important. Um, and at that point, it, you know, the quality might not matter so much. Maybe it comes down to just regular content and the messaging, the quality of the content that you're actually, you know, including in the video, for instance. Mm, mm, for sure. 
Um, and on that note, what would you say is the best investment you've ever made in your business? Other people, absolutely the people. Yeah. Um, Correct. The staff is the, Good yeah, answer. The, the staff. <laughs> it's also the worst, but it's it's also the best. Um, it's that love hate relationship, isn't it? Like I think, I think it's one of those things that I I really enjoy working in a collaborative team, and you know, with more people, we bring in more skills, we produce better work, and I I really feel like we're we're thriving because of it. So everyone has their own creative input and they bring in their own style and their own point of view. And, and we are a super diverse team here, which is amazing, but it is amazing. Time- I've, I've seen that um, super culturally diverse. And I met two of your employees at the, she creates network walk recently. Um, was that intentional or did you say, I want a multicultural team or did it just happen that you found the skills from people all over the world? It just happened that way. So, you know, you put a job advert out there and, and you get the best people for the job. And I think it's more important to hire the the best people for the job and the culture rather than, you know, make something fit. And um, I think other nations do a better job personally, from my opinion. I think I think other nations do a better job promoting creative uh, career pathways than Australia. I think I think Australia, it's still that, you know, if you want to make money, if you want to live a good life, you become a doctor and a lawyer and and artists and creatives tend to be a little bit more poo-pooed. And, you know, the, the value that a graphic designer can provide, I don't think is seen, especially here in Australia, as much as it what it is in in other countries. So, mm. you know, when it comes to the skill sets, I think there are some super talented people out there and, and you know, they, some of them are obviously coming to Australia um, to, to learn and to study and they want to live here. And, and, um, you know, we're just lucky enough that some of those people applied for us, to be honest, because they bring those unique skill sets and, and diverse skill sets. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably, you know, I'm poo-pooing a little bit on Australia here, but I really think that we could promote (laughs) the creative um, industry a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Um, you definitely, I I agree with you. I'm, I'm there. Um, We've got five minutes left. They're, they're going to play the Oscar get off the stage music soon for me. I have a I have one question for you. It's more of a fun question, though. Um, being an animator or in an industry where you're producing animation, do people assume that you love animated films? <laughs> and do you love animated films? Um, it's a, yeah, Um I do love animated films. I mean, I wouldn't go back and watch Lion King again. I'm I'm not that much of a diehard fan, but I, Shame I love on Shame on you, John. <laughs> I love seeing animation. Um, but I'm kind of a bit of a running joke now, like with my team that I really don't stay up to date with things like trends and stuff. So you know, there's, there's, there are always times that I come up with ideas and one of the team members like, oh, I like this. And they show me an example of like, you know, spirited away or, you know, something new animation. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I I just don't stay up to date with, with current, you know, content. And I, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, I guess when you're, when you're deeply entrenched in, in a business, like even I'm probably on the tools a lot less than I'd like to be these days. So I think finding time to, you know, sit back and, and, you know, troll through the internet or, or, you know, look at some inspiration. It's becoming harder and harder. And I think that's why, 
the team around you is super important because they're also the ones that they, they all currently have that passion, right? So they're the ones who are mm. watching it all. And that, that used to be me, you know, when I was younger, it used to be me. And, and now I just don't have the time for it. And they do. And that's, that's why that sort of, I guess it's been passed on, right? It's a bit mm. of, it's a bit of uh, fun that they're now enjoying and and I'm not having so much fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you grow your business is that you you do get less off the tools and then you're just spending your days looking at, at fucking zero or Excel spreadsheets and you're like, this isn't this isn't this isn't what I planned at all. They keep well, us as, young and uh, fresh, Dom. Morgan's the same. Uh, like Morgan and Alex are all over the trends and and it's making me feel very old and useless. As you know, like we share the same accountant, but um, I think He's our accountant. Amazing, by would, the way, I think our accountant would love it if I spent a little bit more time in zero, probably than I do. <laughs> I think I spend too much time in zero, but not really doing anything. Just, just, just scrolling my mouse around the the page, <laughs> trying to make sense of it all. Just making I'm, sure there's I'm, no red. I'm reconciling like once every two months now, I think it's just, it's hard to find the time and it doesn't take long. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, I probably should be investing a little bit more time in that sort of stuff. And it stems back to that whole thing around, you know, I don't measure a lot and I provide a lot of, I guess, freedom, but it's also like a bit of a, a shotgun approach for me where I have some ideas, we do it. And then I feel like especially with at this time when, you know, you might be a smaller, more nimble business, you can feel the results uh, on hand. Like you can feel them because you're, you're obviously still in the business. Whereas I think mm -hmm. once you start to detach yourself from the business to make yourself a bit more scalable, some of these things need to be a little bit more measured. But for now, I'm, I'm quite enjoying being part of the process and, and uh, really, I guess, surrounding myself with, with team and clients and, and projects and, giving a few things a go and seeing what happens, right? So, Awesome. Dom, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, tell us, how can people get in touch with you? Give us your website, your socials. Yeah, sure. So our website is motionbydesign.com.au. Um, and we also have just started this really creative idea around interviewing creatives um, called creative to creative And that's just creative to creativecom um, so that's a, a podcast and some videos interviewing some unique individuals. So that's my passion project now and um, probably more of a passion than motion by design now, heaven forbid, but they're both important to me. They're both okay. the babies. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to make new babies because sometimes the, the original baby gets a bit stale. So <laughs> it's always good to make new babies. Um, Dom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And guys, please do check out Dom's work because it is amazing. Thank you so much, Dom. Thanks for your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ninky Talks. If you did, please review and subscribe. See you next time.